Hello, everybody. This is Kevin Witham, and welcome to Season 3 of the Common Grounds Unity Podcast. Jesus valued unity and prayed for it, that we may all be one. We believe unity is best achieved through relationships rather than beginning with disagreements over doctrine, practice, or ideology. We value the gathering, breaking bread and sharing a cup of coffee or your favorite beverage. We invite you to gather with another Christian outside your particular family of churches and tell others that unity starts with a cup of coffee. So grab a cup and let's get started with another episode of the Common Ground Unity Podcast. Well, hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. We've got a fun podcast in store, at least for us. We hope it's fun for you that are listening today. Um, This is our 100th episode of the Common Grounds Unity Podcast. And so we have brought together uh, our team from start to finish. We have with us Megan Rawlings, who was uh, our uh, co-host to so many of our podcasts uh, leading up through our first uh, season, and I believe into the second. And then Tina Bruner is with us today, and Tina is currently our co-host, as am I, of the podcast. And, And Tina joined us after Megan exited the podcast to go on to other things. And, uh, and then we've got John Teal with us today. John is uh, our producer. And I'm going to start by kicking it over to you, John. Um, y- you've done such a great job behind the scenes. You're with us as we record every one of these podcasts and are really uh, the planner behind these. Uh, so we appreciate all that you do. And our listeners don't get to hear from you often. John, good to be with you today on this 100th anniversary of what was your vision. Well, thank you. This is, this is going to be really fun, and I'm glad to be with you. It's kind of cool to be on this side of the mic. I actually like hiding behind the mic, but uh, we know you do. Uh, this 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 is uh, this is a lot of fun, and it is a really amazing thing that we've done a hundred episodes. I'm just like blown away with that. Um, it wasn't too long ago that I called up Megan, and I'm like, "Hey, we'd like to do a podcast, but I don't know anything about doing a podcast." what do you think, Megan? She's like, Oh, it's easy. You know, we'll teach you how to do it. And, and she did. And, uh, it, it really has been incredible. And we just, uh, I'm really grateful. John, how did you guys like, like when you started and you didn't know how to do anything and Megan's showing you how, like, how did you all start deciding like what type of guests or what kind of content you wanted to have as part of, of the Common Grounds Unity podcast. I mean, I know we try to stay away from like super like charged, controversial things, but even as I looked at the episodes, we've really delved into a lot of like heavy topics and had like real experts on things. And so was that your, your kind of vision for what kinds of conversations, Megan, what advice did you give him? I said, don't wait until it's perfect or it'll never launch. Just do it. <laughs> right. It was true. And I said, don't overthink <laughs> it. Just do it. And so um, the biggest thing was get interesting conversations going. And I, he didn't need much coaching. He was ready to do it. I think he just needed that like little bit of fire lit. So. I do think we kind of spent about a month kind of planning things out and kind of like, what do we want it to be? How long do we want it to be? I think you helped coach us through that. Kevin was involved in those conversations. And, 
you know, did we want to, um, did we, did we want to have conversations just among ourselves or did we want to bring experts in? And I think, you know, we went through that kind of de- decision process. And I think one of the great things, uh, a piece of advice you gave us was keep it about 30 minutes if you can, because it's kind of people's mo- uh, drive time. Right. Uh, and so th- I think that was helpful. And we've tried to keep it uh, as much as possible to that. Um, anyways, it, And it kind of, I don't know, it just kind of grew from there. We just kind of started and figured it out. I don't know. Yeah. and We've tried to keep it to that. Oftentimes, you know, you look at that clock counting down and you go, whoa, we've gone over today. Well, we do have a preacher in the mix, right? So, you know. (laughs) Hey, I'm just, I'm not the talker. I'm just asking questions. (laughs) Oh, well, it's been a lot of fun to be a part of this. And I feel like I am just a, a lucky person to be, or I, I should say, I know, don't, don't email me. We Christians don't believe in luck, <laughs> but I, I feel like I'm just a blessed person, you know, to, to be on board with this and to be having these conversations because it's been um, a dream of mine to see these bridges built within our own movement and these streams. I've always said, said early on, you know, we're not, the Lord doesn't have, and I hear this often, you know, the Lord doesn't have cousins uh, of one another. He's made us all brothers and sisters. And so uh, I, I try to resist that notion that people in other uh, tribes among us are just cousins in the faith. We're brothers and sisters and need to work toward that unity. So it's just been a lot of fun. And I've sure enjoyed working with Megan and Tina both. They've just been excellent co-hosts. Megan, um, Tell us just a little bit about what I said earlier, you, you made an exit. Tell us just a little bit about what you're doing yeah, right now. If absolutely. You, if you would. So, um, I was hosting and then I pulled a Moses and I exodus is <laughs> exodized out. <laughs> that was really bad. I'm sorry. Yeah. So I took a job at the Solomon foundation <clears throat> as their vice president of plan giving, which is a very fancy title for, um, I'm a fundraiser. And I also still do the Bold Movement Ministry, and um, that's kind of what I do in a nutshell. And the Bold Movement Ministry is our women's ministry where we train and equip women um, to go deeper in Scripture, to understand their Bibles better, and to make disciples. Yep, still doing that. We have a whole podcast on yeah. the Bold Movement, and uh, and and now you're taking over. Uh, the the work you and your husband are taking over the work of wineskins, yeah. which I think the connection for your getting to know Matt Dabbs and that work has something to do with Common Grounds Unity in one of our early podcasts. You Am are I so right. That? So my husband, that's more of my husband's project, but of course, you know me, I can't keep my fingers out of anything. So um, <clears throat> he, we just took that. It was official this week on Monday um, that it was completely taken over. Um, And so the idea is that we are going to be promoting where academia meets practical ministry and combining um, the academic world with, okay, how do we actually use this in the pews, right? And so my husband's currently working on his second doctorate. And so uh, he's really excited to take the heady stuff and make it uh, applicable and appealing to folks like me. I like to say pseudo academics. I'm a fake academic. I got a master's degree just so people didn't think he married white trash. (laughs) (laughs) 
But she can and hold the, her the website's right? wineskins.org. There you go. Uh, Tina, how did you get involved with, with Common Grounds? Were you listening or getting connected in some ways? And, and tell us a little bit about your entrance into this role. Yeah, Common Grounds Unity and Global Christian Connection, we share a board member. So Alicia Crumpton. And so there is a, there was a sense of what we were trying to re-envision for our work at World Convention that then shifted to Global Christian Connection was really aligned well with what Common Grounds Unity was trying to do at a grassroots level as well. And so we were guests on the podcast. And so I had been listening to it already. And um, yeah, and just got a chance to get to know you all that way. And I think just some different conversations around possible hosts or who's going to be at different um, events. Um, I was super excited to be at the Cane Ridge um, event that Megan put on while she was at uh, Kentucky Christian University. And so it was just like that kind of like crossing over in friendships. And I think that's the beauty of Common Grounds Unity. That's the beauty of um, Global Christian Connection, where we are really just trying to build relationships that lead to deeper understanding of who we are as followers and also excitement for what we can do together. So Megan and I were teasing each other before we started, like I'm a huge cheerleader of Megan. And she was like, oh, I think you're great too. And I was like, you know, this is the thing that like, I think when we're in ministry together, even if our ministries are not exactly the same, that God uses the unity that we share to propel us into better ministry, deeper understanding, closer, like walk with Jesus, but also in the demonstration of what unity looks like, which, you know, in the work that I'm doing at the Poland-Ukraine border right now is really what, what people need to see. They, they're not in a place to be preached to. They can't absorb a track about the four spiritual laws. But when they can see how the church works together, how believers support each other to support them, it's like the gospel lived out in front of them. And there's just no replacement for that. And I'm glad that Jesus knew that. And he called us into that, um, knowing what our world was going to be like. Tina, so, <clears throat> I don't know if yeah. you know this or not. I just coughed in the mic. Sorry. I don't know if you know this or not. And John, don't deny it because it's the truth. John, when I was leaving, I was like, I have so much on my plate and I'm so sorry. He said, well, do you have any recommendations of who could replace you? And I said, I know one person that I would recommend and only one person. And he said, who? And they didn't choose that person. But you are a great second. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that is not true. <laughs> no, you, I said, you have to get. Tina, she, she is the perfect person to do this. And he was like, okay, we'll see, you know, I'll let you know. And then, um, you got it. And I was like, see, listen, just listen to me. I'll make it all good for you. And by the way, I did not say like, oh, you're cool too. I said, I legitimately look up to you. So I just want to clear the air there. It was not just like a, yeah, you're cool too. It was like, Tina, I think you're the bee's knees. So 
And just to add on quickly, um, I think there is something magnificent and beautiful and divine about unity. Um, I recently learned through clickbait, and I'm not even afraid to admit it, that the phrase divide and conquer is a war term about dividing the enemy to make them easier to conquer. It's not about splitting up on the front side of like your people dividing um, because when you're divided, you're easier to conquer. And so within uh, Christianity, unity has to be there. We have to be unified for the same mission, the same purpose on the same team, or we're going to be easily conquered by um, the culture and the world and evil forces. Wow, that's great. Yeah, amen, Tina, or amen, Megan. Nope, mistaken for Tina. Amen, Megan. (laughs) (laughs) That's good stuff. So early on, Kevin and Megan, what were some of like your favorite guests? What, and then I'm going to ask a question that you all can think about. Who is somebody that you all had wanted to have on, but we haven't had on yet? So be thinking about that one. But but in the early episodes, who were some of your favorite? One of my favorite guests of all time is one of my favorite people. Well, literally every person I picked, every guest I picked was like one of my favorite people. So I just want to throw that out there. But um, I asked, I was able to contact Dr. Uh, Foster to come on. And we, so my husband and his media company, they're working on a documentary, um, on the restoration movement and Dr. Foster is part of it. And I remember the conversation when we called and we're like, Hey, will you help us do this? And he he was like, well, what, how do you want me to help? What does that look like? And I said, I was on the phone and I said, basically, we want you to be our Shelby foot of the restoration movement. And so for those of you who don't know who Shelby Foote is, if you watch Ken Burns in his documentary on the Civil War, Shelby Foote is like the guy who tells all the great stories and he's just the most interesting person in the entire, you know, 12 hour documentary. And so I was like, Dr. Foster, we want you to be Shelby Foote. And he said, I'm going to do it as if I'm Dr. Foster because it was the greatest. He said. So you want me to be old and eccentric? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'd love to have that. Oh my gosh, I was dying because I I thought more of it like, no, we want you to tell the story. We want you to be the person, you know. And and uh, he went a different direction. And for that reason, I love Dr. Foster. And I actually uh, there's a. special clip of him that I would love for John to play for you guys. Um, This is one of my favorite things that he said in our interview. So they had this youth advance in Louisville, (laughs) Kentucky, and uh, youth groups from churches of Christ all over really came from the Southeast, and a lot of folks were there, and, and there was one of the speakers who was there that really I think just sort of clicked something in my head that was so powerful and, and it it still comes to me even today. He was he was talking about that passage of scripture that John says that if you walk in the light as he is in the light, then his blood continually is cleansing you of sins. And he says, um, you know, walking in the light, apparently you still have sins to be forgiven. 
In other words, you're not perfect, but you're walking in the light. And God's mercy and love, because you were trying, you were in the light, you were walking in the light, that blood of Christ continues to cleanse you constantly and continually. It was the first time I'd ever heard anything like this, and I literally felt like a burden had been lifted off my shoulders. And I felt maybe um, because of some bad impressions that I had or some bad understandings that I had, I felt for the first time a deeper sense of God's love and Christ's love. I was already a Christian when I had that, that realization. But what a what a gift of joy and a gift of release from that oppressive sense that I had to be perfect, that it was up to me to get it all right, that this was something that was really and truly my doing and uh, and really turned it around to say that it's the love of Christ, the action of Christ that is so important. See, that is exactly why I love Dr. Foster. So I hope you guys enjoyed him in that interview as much as I did. So one of the things that I loved about uh, about Megan is, 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 you know, she'll get these people on, right? She'll call them Dr. Foster or, or, you know, call them by their credentials. But when she gets them on the podcast, she's like, hey, bud. <laughs> Listen, I take pride. We're all equal at the foot of the cross. That's so f- but it is Amen. fun, right? Like everybody's a friend to, to Megan. It's a, it's a cool thing. Absolutely. It, it, it endears them to her right off the bat. Just kind of drops all it's the pretension. So and uh, it's it's some good Matthew 23 stuff, right? I mean, we're all just brothers and sisters. Um, and uh, the titles kind of go away. Hey, everybody, we'll be right back with the rest of this episode. We want to take a moment to thank Mission Alive and Central Christian College of the Bible for sponsoring this episode. Mission Alive equips leaders to start innovative communities of faith focused on transforming marginal communities. They provide church planning training, apprenticeships, consulting, and discipleship cohorts, among other resources. They can also train you to be a nationally accredited coach through Catalyze Coach Training. This 28-week credential will equip you to impact and transform your church organization leadership and ministry. Learn how God can transform your life and ministry by going to missionalive.org. That's missionalive.org or emailing them at contact at missionalive.org. And Central Christian College of the Bible has low-cost, innovative, and flexible master's programs in ministry leadership and preaching that they want you to know about. These two-year programs are designed to be one-third online, one-third on campus, and one-third supervised ministry by an expert in your interest area. The mentoring courses can offer credit in your local ministry. Graduates like Dr. Don Mahardy and Jonathan Curtis are impacting the kingdom in deeper, more meaningful ways because of their education at CCCB. So find out more at cccb.edu front slash graduate. That's cccb.edu front slash graduate. You know, I, I think I would say I I have enjoyed every conversation that I've been able to be a part of. And, uh, you know, it, in the role we're in, 
um, we, we've kind of made a decision that we're not here to really push back hard. We're wanting to introduce people to our listeners that perhaps they know of and, and perhaps they don't and kind of introduce people across the stream. So we try to really profile the people and focus on them. Um, I, I would say, though, one of my most enjoyable and favorite guests was Bob <gasps> oh, Russell. Yeah. My best um, friend. And because... Yes, a, a dear friend no, no, of no. Megan's Best. and uh, <laughs> and known also by Tina because Tina worked at Southeast Christian. I mean, here, you know, you both uh, know him so well. And for me, uh, he was one of those guys from from my young years in ministry up that I just I love to hear preach. I love to listen to his the way he preached. So we had a, co- a couple of conversations with him, and we wanted to have him on the uh, the podcast. You know, first because he. He led to the, the the building of one of the largest churches in the Restoration Movement, Southeast Christian Church in Louisville. Just a phenomenal ministry, a life devoted to one place where he took that group from like 200 to 20,000, something like that. And then he wrote a book, Live, uh, Better Together with Rick Atchley in the acapella stream of the Church of Christ um, at that time. You know, Rick's now at the hills and they're a hybrid church of instrumental and acapella, but they wrote this book. And uh, we, we asked in the podcast that had to do with that book, Better Together. We talked about some other things to his book, uh, When God Builds a Church. But we, uh, we asked him some advice on how can you at just a very practical level start to work toward unity with others. So I'd, li- I'd like for our listeners to just kind of go back with us for a moment to one of our early podcasts and listen to to Bob on this. Bob, what steps would you encourage uh, local churches and, uh, you know, congregations and cities to take that might foster more unity among believers? Well, I would say, first of all, if you are a preacher or if you're in leadership in a church, one of the healthiest things we can do is to exchange pulpits. Exchange pulpits with uh, a person from the other side of the piano and have them come in and preach the word of God and treat them like a brother. And that goes a long way towards softening the attitude of the people sitting in the pew. And if you're sitting in the pew, uh, reach out to some people of uh, the opposite side and uh, have them in your home or invite them to come to church with you to a special program and read some of the literature, some of the magazines uh, that, are, that are coming from uh, our brothers on the other side of the, of the piano. And, you know, so much of it is just attitude and being able to treat one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. adore my best friend Bob Russell and because I love to tell stories I'm going to tell you of a quick story about the time I drove what I like to call the Pope Mobile and Tina was with me and it was the greatest day ever we were at Cane Ridge Dr. Foster and Bob were with us and I had my mom's car and my mom is rich and fancy. I don't even care. I'll tell you guys. She drives this nice Lexus and it was new. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm driving this really nice car with 
like the Pope of the Restoration Movement, Bob Russell, with like the scholar of the Restoration Movement and my good girlfriend, Tina. This is like the greatest moment of my life. But I think I also was like white knuckling the steering wheel going like five under because I was so scared of taking curves too sharp. And so I just kept saying, I kept saying it because I apparently have no filter. I'm driving the Pope. I'm driving the Pope. And Bob just looks over and he was like, okay, Megan. <laughs> just like tries to have a conversation with um, Dr. Foster and his wife was with us. And it was just the, they're such humble dudes. They're just so down to earth. And that's why we're all best friends, of course. You know, our group chat, we talk every day and just... <laughs> They just tell me how great. <laughs> and we're like, hey, dudes, what's going what's on? Up? What's up, my man? You know, so. I will say at that same event, I hadn't seen Bob in a while. And, you know, I worked for him for six, almost 16 years. And uh, so I'm a hugger. And even though we were kind of on the tail end of COVID, when I saw him, I was so excited to see him. I gave him a hug and immediately I hear behind me some women saying, did she just hug Pop Russell? <laughs> I was like, oh, for the love. I think it was no, Megan. No, I would never. Oh, come on. <laughs> uh, so what other episodes do you guys um, uh, that really kind of hit you? What, what episodes had an impact on you? You know, the, the thing that's been really rich for me is um, like being introduced to to people that I've heard about, but didn't know that much about their stories and definitely didn't know of the, the work that they had done on unity, restoration movement, spiritual disciplines, whatever our topic was. And one of those uh, people was Rubel Shelley. And even when uh, we said we're going to do an uh, interview with him and here's the, the information we need up front to kind of review, I looked at his book, I Want to Be a Christian Only. And in my mind, I'm like, when in the world was that written? You know, like it just seems so old and whatever. And so, but when I read it, it was, it's not something I ever would have picked up. He's not somebody that I would have known. And he was one of my favorite interviews because he Me was too. so practical yeah. about everything. And then he gave us like 10 ways to build unity. And I'm super excited. We're going to have that on the Common Grounds Unity website so everybody can see it. Um, but people go back and listen to Rubel Shelley. He was just... a uh, just so much wisdom and humility and and also I feel like just like told us a lot about our history but also because of his experience he was also telling us about some things for the future some practices to consider these are not things I could require of anybody we, these are not um, given by revelation these are my ideas. The first one's the most obvious. Pray for the unity of the church. If Jesus prayed for everybody who was going to believe on him through the teaching of the apostles, I should pray for that. And, and, and I do. How dare we not pray for it? Number two, and this one has had a lot of relevance in my own life, repent of any 
tribal elitism, I call it, maybe sectarian religion. Repent of any tribal elitism in your own history and heart. Um, each of us seeks for and probably can find some denomination or subgroup within it where we feel more comfortable. Then the tendency is to say, well, the one I didn't choose, the place I'm not a part of, they're somehow deficient. That's, that doesn't follow. Um, it, so I, I can be mistaken. We all have blind spots. So repent of the sort of tribal elitism that says where I am and the way we do it is the only way it can be done. God be pleased with it. Third, refuse to caricature or make fun of others. Um, I, I know the super fundamentalist that I can caricature for his legalism. I know the super liberal that I can make fun of for, for her open-endedness. Uh, we all know jokes about the Catholics and the Presbyterians and the Baptists. And by the way, they're a bunch that circulate about us. Um, it's just as wrong to do those as the stereotypical black, white, male, female, southern, northern uh, gays and straights. It, it dehumanizes people to, to reduce people to a label to make fun of, to tell the uh, repent of it. Stop doing it. Number four. Make Jesus the center of your thoughts. Um, stop reading the Bible to, to argue your position. Read it to get the flow of the great story of redemption uh, that leads to Jesus. Number five, look for evidence of God's activity in other people. Um, one of the things that I mentioned in the earlier podcast, uh, my friend L.H. Hardwood, there are people that when you see them, he was Pentecostal. You knew God was active in this man's life. Well, why can't I affirm what I see? Uh, I, I was thinking about it, honestly, just day before yesterday, driving through beautiful Middle Tennessee, seeing some big farm country. A buzzard will fly over thousands of acres of beautiful pasture or cropland and zero in on a dead corpse that's somewhere in the middle of all that. Um, I, I can be that way if I'm not careful. Uh, he, here's the beautiful landscape of God's world where humble servants of God that don't see everything the way I do are serving God to the best of their ability, doing a better job of many things than I'm doing, dealing with racism better, dealing with sexism better, dealing with evangelism better. Um, it, when you see that, affirm it. Um, we've all received grace. Pass along a little bit of it. Number six, be part of a church that exalts Jesus by a strong, healthy focus on Scripture. Uh, brand loyalty used to characterize people in buying our cars and appliances. Most of us now look for the best value at the best price. I think we're at a point that in terms of faith culture, a lot of folks are not going to stay in a Church of Christ or a Baptist church or a Catholic church because they're so fossilized and institutionalized that down the street, and maybe their children found it before they did, here's a church that there's some life, there's some activity, and it's not gimmicks. They're reading the Bible, they're praying, uh, families are being helped. Uh, affiliate with a church that has this strong exaltation of Jesus because it loves Scripture, affirms, preaches, studies Scripture. Number seven. Study what the Bible says about love and acceptance and reconciliation. 
there are lots of doctrines of the church in the Bible. Baptism, Lord's Supper, evangelism of the lost, compassion for the needy. Uh, we've majored in trying to parse those doctrines carefully. Campbell's book, The Christian System, for example. But doctrinal soundness is incomplete without a commitment to loving one another, breaking down barriers that have kept us apart. And, and uh, my own history, my own life uh, uh, around race has been an important thing. I, I grew up in a racist environment, absorbed it, lived a racist culture. I worked so hard by God's grace to, to, to learn, accept, study what the Bible says about loving one another, accepting one another, being reconciled with one another. Difference is not deviance. And diversity is not an alternative word for disunity. You can be different from me. God still love you. I need to love you too. Number eight, take a few baby steps toward reconciliation and unity. Uh, just to emphasize a point we've made before. The unity of the church is not going to be achieved through some sort of institutional realignment. It's going to happen when somebody out of a Baptist background makes an overture to somebody out of a Christian church or Church of Christ, acapella, instrumental, whatever. And their kids are playing baseball together and they get to know each other. And the Baptist finds out about the Church of Christ guy or the Church of Christ guy finds out about the Pentecostal guy or the Pentecostal guy finds out about the Presbyterian guy. These people passionately love Jesus. Uh, they are trying, they're trying to honor the Lord with the way they do family, the way they spend money, their generosity to the poor. Maybe, maybe all of us need to deliberately uh, cross some of these racial, ethnic, religious, other barriers uh, to me, that's one of the values like Bible study fellowship or community Bible study groups. They, they've done more for that than most of our churches have. And then number nine, deep convictions are necessary to unity. You don't achieve unity by adopting a, well, I don't really care posture about a biblical idea or a biblical doctrine or worship issue. Um, we, we grant that denominations form around different interpretations, certain doctrines that we consider to be primary. Uh, well, the kingdom of God is not that one dimensional, that it's any one doctrine or one idea. Uh, there are just too many evidences in scripture that there are wide spans of difference, even among those earliest Christians where Romans 14, Paul has to say, cut each other some slack. And uh, the, the, the last thing you need to be doing is sitting in judgment on one another. Let the weak accept the strong and the strong accept the weak. Um, it's, homogeneity is pretty dull um, and diversity challenges all of us to grow. And then the tenth one, don't be bullied by somebody else's narrowness. If you do choose to seek peace and pursue it, somebody's going to criticize you for it. Somebody's going to call you a compromiser. Somebody's going to call you a liberal. Somebody's going to call you something. Um, pray for them. Um, I've had an occasional critic, um, and it has hurt, but I've learned to be grateful for my critics. They've kept me honest. They've made me pray a lot about, well, why do you say this, and why have you done that? And 
is this really something that, that Christ is moving you to do or are you just mad or are you a rebel or are you trying to show somebody I'll do what I want to do? Um, so don't be bullied by somebody's narrowness or criticism. Be prayerful. Uh, learn from it if they have something legitimate to say. But, but love and reconciliation and acceptance, they're at the heart of the gospel. God has loved and accepted us. We surely are supposed to love on the model of the way we've been loved. Well, that is a, that, that's a great list that Rubel offered. Boy, some really practical stuff. And Tina, it really made me feel good when you said that, you know, initially you probably wouldn't have read his book because it was so old and just kind of, uh, because I read that book in college. <laughs> And uh, it really made me feel young when you said that. So thank you. <laughs> uh, oh, maybe I need to go on that senior senior minister podcast that Megan right. is working with. Oh, there you go. It's all the old timers. <laughs> Man, this has been a lot of fun. Just revisiting old podcasts and having Megan back with us and just enjoying this conversation. We're going to continue it into our 101st episode uh, next time we drop a podcast. So join us again, and we're going to continue this conversation and revisit past podcasts and, and bring back some guests that way. So join us again. Hope you're enjoying this as much as we are. Thank you for listening to the Common Grounds Unity podcast. Please check out commongroundsunity.org to learn more about who we are you can subscribe to the essays, join our Facebook group, or find our YouTube channel. And please check out the gatherings page where you can connect with other unity-minded Christians in your area. If you want to volunteer or ask questions, please email john at commongroundsunity.org. And lastly, we need your help by donating to this ministry of reconciliation. Your donation is tax-deductible. Links for donating are in the show notes or on our website. Until next time, God bless, and remember, unity starts with a cup of coffee.